And now for something purposely positive. Welcome to Strive to Thrive, the Purposely Positive Podcast, brought to you by TonyWCoaching.com, where your greatest success is right in front of you. This is Tony Wexler, your host, and on this podcast, we talk about positive issues to bring positive content into the world. Do you know anyone who's suffering with the loss of a loved one? Maybe you yourself are in that category. If a person you know comes to mind, I hope you will share this episode with those who are going through this difficult situation, as I believe they will truly be blessed by it. Today, I want to welcome my truly amazing friend, Ramona. Ramona, welcome to the podcast today. Thank you, Tony. It's so great to have you here. And this is a topic that uh, I really haven't gotten into very much. You know, we try to be purposely positive and talk about positivity, but all of us go through situations that are not so positive in our life and we have to deal with those things. And I believe that our conversation today and some of the things that you talk about will help people to take something negative and maybe walk away in a more positive light. I would love it if you would tell us a little bit about your story. I've heard it before, but of course, people listening have not. And I think that will really shed some light on what you do and how you can help people who are suffering right now. Yes, of course. So my name is Ramona. I'm 40 years old. I used to live a very normal life, worked in the sales department for more than 20 years. Yes, then life happened, fate happened, and my life changed completely. So I had to do with a lot of losses in my life and needed to cope it. It was not really easy for me, especially because there were a lot of losses year after year. So I got pregnant when I was 30 years old. And during this time, my very best friend died at the age of only 39 years to a heart attack. I was pregnant at the time. And three months later, my daughter came into this world. And so there was not really a time for me to mourn. I had not the chance to. Maybe I didn't want to because I needed to uh, cope the new situation with my first child. So my little daughter just came with a fate. She was sick. We didn't know that while I was pregnant. We only realized that she didn't develop the way she should. And we uh, went to the hospital and they told us that she has a very fatal disease. It's called Canavan disease and it is life limited and um, accompanied by a lot of pain and suffer. And it was a shock moment for me because I couldn't believe I see this little girl and um, she's my daughter. I love her the most. And people tell me she will die. <laughs> This is not what you want to hear. This is not what you want to accept and not the way you want to live. But I needed to. I didn't had didn't have a chance to do so. So we just um, took the situation and um, started whatever was necessary to get this little girl happy the way we could. But it was really hard. She suffered a lot. 
And during this time, I got pregnant again with um, our second daughter. But unfortunately, this daughter also had a very bad disease and she died four hours after birth. And all these losses happened year after year from 2014 to 2016. And from 2016 on, so my life stopped, my world stopped, and I didn't want to to start live again or to go back to life. <laughs> so it was more, um, I just wanted to leave the world. I think this is the best way to describe it. I didn't want to stay here because everyone I loved so much just left me alone here and I couldn't be that. The pain was very hard for me. I didn't know what to do. And I got into a negative spiral, a very bad one. And I didn't want any contact to people. I didn't want to go back to life. I didn't want to go outside. I didn't want to eat. I didn't want to do anything which was necessary. Yeah, my grieving process started. And this was really horrible. And I hated that the most. <laughs> and the pain was so hard. It was so unbearable that I couldn't stand that anymore. And I had to um, make a decision for or against life. And this was a hard decision. And I thought about that several days or maybe weeks. What shall I do? And I decided for life. But how do you do that when you have no idea how? <laughs> and there weren't people who, couldn't help, who could help me. Um, family was not able to help me the way I needed. My husband was in the same situation as I was. So um, we couldn't support each other. It was he suffered bit more different than I did. It was um, not really that we could support each other. And that made the way just more complicated. Yeah. Just really more complicated. But I had no chance. I, I needed to do anything because um, the pain was very, uh, so painful. I didn't want this anymore. And I needed to go out there. And then I decided to just look for support. So it's the first thing you, you should do when you have a problem you don't have, you don't know how to cope with. Um, but I couldn't find people who are able to help me. And I'm a, I'm a fighting person. So um, it was not that I could accept the situation. No one is there for me. <laughs> and I decided, okay, if nobody can help me, I think I need to help myself. And when studying, I studied psychology. I made the uh, the grief expert, grief therapist. I studied over years to not to help people for the first time, just to understand myself, just to get to know what what happens with me, why I am, why am I not able to understand myself anymore? Why am I so different as I was back then, ten ten years ago or five years ago? I couldn't understand what happened to me, and I needed to understand. I couldn't bear not to understand what happened with me. So it was also very hard for me to handle myself. Sure. And as well as for people around me, they had no chance to handle my, to, to handle me because they was just, oh my God, um, I don't know what to do. I think everything I say is wrong. Yes, it is, or it was, <laughs> but I couldn't help myself. So it was just, I needed to understand. And this is what, what happened then. And with all of this understanding, I started to get deeper down. I started to um, connect to a kind of intuition of myself, 
to receive impulses which I didn't receive my whole life. Uh, maybe I did, but I didn't hear it. So it's yeah. like life is. <laughs> I think you know what I mean. Exactly. I want to just kind of stop for a second. I You're on a roll, yeah. <laughs> by the way. <laughs> but I want to unpack a few things. And uh, first off, I mean, I know many people listening right now maybe going through with grief, but they always list like stages. And the loss of someone in our life is one of those high levels of grief, yes. uh, high, very painful things. But they say that the loss of like of a child is one of the worst. I'm probably the worst that you can go through, maybe a spouse, depending on the circumstances. But I think the child is probably the, the yeah. So I think you you went through this and not only once, but then twice within a very short period of time. And you were yes. very young at the time. And I have lost you know, parents, sibling, that kind of thing before. And many people have. And while I'm not minimizing that, because it was very painful and, you know, I, I don't wish that on anyone, but that's something I guess you expect in our life. I expect that, you know, I am my age and then my parents are much older. So I'm going to lose them. And everyone out there has that thought in the back of their mind. You know what? I'm going to lose my grandparents. I'm going to lose my parents. Nobody ever thinks. I'm going to lose my child. And in a situation for me, uh, my daughter uh, was in uh, an accident when she was nine years old. She was hit by a car and uh, rushed to the hospital. And we didn't know if she was going to make it or not because it was a brain injury. And it was she had to have a, a brain surgery at age nine. Fortunately, everything turned out and there were some miraculous things. And I won't really get into that right now. But the point is, I remember what it was like sitting in ICU, not knowing what was going to happen. And now if those things had turned out a different way, I don't know how I would have, how I would have coped with that. And you also mentioned how men and women cope differently. We have different yes. ways of coping. And sometimes that strain on a relationship because you're both, co you're both dealing with a tremendous amount of pain. And what I love here is that you had to make a decision. And I think that was the crucial part. That was the most important thing right there. You had to make a decision. Am I going to move forward or not? And everything we do in our life starts with a decision. Yes. And first off, I just want to say that I am, as your friend, I'm so proud of you for stepping out and making that decision at that hard moment in your life. And not only that, but now studying and that's probably how I would have done it too. You know, I, I'm a psychology geek myself. So <laughs> reading and learning, you learning about what you were going through, how that works in your mind. Next, we're going to talk a little bit about how you took everything that you learned to heal yourself and started not only healing yourself, but becoming a healer and healing others. You know, I want to hear a little bit more about this, but uh, I know I stopped you at a specific point. So if, if you can pick it up where you left off, and then I'm sure we'll transition into how you started to learn how to heal others and maybe some of the things that you did to help you heal and some of the, uh, the key points that can help somebody who might be going through something similar to this right now. Okay. But I want to um, tell you something first. I'm really sorry that your daughter has to experience this and you as well. And 
you know, it, it is kind of similar. It's just a feeling of anxiety. It's, it's more you're um, afraid of losing her. Um, this is a really similar feeling if, uh, if something happened, if it's illness or accident or whatever. You're fighting for her. You're fighting for a life you love. And this is always hard, always. And um, I was afraid of losing her each day because I knew she wouldn't be old. I knew that. You told me um, that it must be the most painful experience to lose a child. I wouldn't say it that way, to be honest. It's a, it's a feeling, um, when I see my very best friend, he, he was, before my children, the most important person in my life. I couldn't imagine having, not having him around me. It was just, I don't want to lose him, never ever. And I, if you have a, a bond, which is so close, which is so important, it's like one soul, kind of. It could feel a similar way. It's not, you can't say it's always the same, it's never. So if a neighbor of mine would lose a child, it would be different to the situation I had. It always will be different for each person. It could also be um, the possibility that if someone loses a mother who was the best friend, that it hurts that much like I suffered when I buried my children. We never can tell other people it, this is the worst thing that could happen. I don't know. I think this is really a, just a personal feeling. And this is okay. I think everyone has um, the ability to just feel whatever is necessary in that moment. And it could be really worse for the people as well. And I think it's absolutely... When, when people um, decide to suicide, I can't mm. imagine how this must feel for the people behind, which are still here. It must be cruel. So um, also hard for me to just think about this. I wouldn't say it's the, the worst thing, but this is a wrong world. Right. Children exactly. shouldn't die before the parents. That's wrong world. Definitely. But um, I think I never thought about what was more important for me <laughs> because they all were very important to me. And it's a different kind of love. It's a different kind of level of love. And all this love was very important to me. And, and to lose this love was what broke me. It was not, not the bound. It was the bound of love I, I lost. And mm -hmm. this was hard for me. But I, it broke me when my very best friend died at that time. It was the most important person in my life. But it was a lot. Three people within three years. Yes, of course, I studied. And I did a lot. So I, I did um, personality development, meditation, I, it was very good for me to understand what psychology means. What happens with me? What can I use out of this? What is about thoughts and memories? Uh, why is it so important in our life? And um, this helped me a lot to understand. And sometimes it's for a human being, <laughs> it's much more important um, to understand what happened. <laughs> yeah. And for me, it was a help. But I... I've never been a person with a lot of emotions. It just turned the way when I did my grieving process. Then I started to feel. 
because I worked with my feelings. And this was the way that worked the fastest. I didn't know that at that time. I just did it. I realized it afterwards. <laughs> Whatever happened, I just realized afterwards. I didn't know that um, when I did. I just tried everything because I had nothing to lose. I was in the saddest state. So I just tried everything that comes up and I tried and did. There were a lot of things that helped, a lot of things that didn't help. I just took the tools which were important for me, which I thought, oh, that could be good for me. I just implement that into my life and try that way. It was a lot with a lot of yeah. books and a lot of studies and a lot of, oh, I don't know, trainings and whatever. I have no idea what I did all the time. I, I think about six to eight hours a day. Wow. I had a lot. I, I really did a lot just to, I was curious. So it was just more this, what's happening? I'm curious. So, oh, this works. This is interesting. Um, I was thinking about grief in a different perspective at that time. Because I got to know myself in a very different way. And this was very interesting for me. And this was the point when I decided I need to go further. I need to go deeper. I want to learn more. I want to see what I am able to. And this is what I did. Yes. And after, I think about a half a year, I knew exactly what worked. And I put my tools together. And then I implemented that every day, each day, each day, each day, especially working with the feelings. And after four months of work, of grieving process, I overcame it completely with no pain, but loving memories. Loving memories. And going through that process, I mean, what is a beautiful thing, though, is you spent all that time, all that energy, you know, hours and hours a day learning all these tools and learning all these things, deep psychology. And again, you know, I'm a psychology geek, so I, I love learning and I love learning how the mind works. You know, I found that psychology is basically thinking and emotions yes. uh, turning into actions. So yes. what happens is we, we think, and then the more we think about it, that affects our feelings. And then our, but our emotions, our thoughts don't, turn into actions usually it's our emotions that help us to act if that makes yes. sense and absolutely and i think when i'm working you know with my clients well first off you know you and i are both very determined people i think and uh, i think that determination for you to once you made that decision you were going to figure this out and you know i'm the same way if i'm going to figure something i'm determined i'm going to figure it out and i'm that way with my clients too it's like no if you 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 came to me we're going to figure this out so that's a great asset to have and uh it's one of those things not everyone is born with that amount of determination so i think you are fortunate to to have that characteristic imprinted in into your life so i, I do want to make the transition to how you turned from helping yourself and healing yourself to healing other people. I think that's also fascinating. And again, I, I truly believe that sometimes we go through our, our darkest periods so that we can turn around and shine the light for others to get through, if that makes sense. It's like going into a, a dark cave and you're the only one with the flashlight and you can help yes. guide people through that darkness. Absolutely. Um, when I overcame my grief, I went back to work so there was <laughs> never the idea to support people in their grieving process. <laughs> it 
at that time, it was 2017, I wasn't thinking about that. I was just, okay, I found the way of my life and I just need to realize what to do now. I went back to work. I worked a lot. It was my husband who was telling me, what are you doing here? Why are you going back to work? I Because I feel good now and I can go to work. But you paid a lot for the trainings. You did a lot to help yourself. You had a gift to overcome grief in such a short period of time. Why don't you support other people who could benefit out of this? I've never thought about that before. And I told him, I don't think I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> so this limiting beliefs <laughs> yes. we always have. We always have. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, I, I've never thought about that. And um, I needed time to realize that. I think about a year, something like that. So, But I still worked on everything. Um, these tools I still use for challenges in life, for everyday problems. Because even if I realized or if I experienced loss, and this is a really, as you said, high level, that isn't everything that happened to me. I know I'm very young, still very young. There will be a lot more. I know that. Challenges will come, will stand in front of the next door. I know that. So I need to be prepared. And my tools helps me a lot to work with my feelings, to be in that joyful mood I am to enjoy life. So I never forgot about how I did that because I trained it every day, each day. It was, I loved it. So the tools are so brilliant, are so lovely um, that I enjoy working with myself all the time. I still do this for years now. And in 2018, I really thought about helping people and I told my husband, okay, I will just try it. And I was so nervous and I thought, oh, can I do this? Can I really do this? <laughs> and I started and with each client, I grew. I loved it. I knew how, how good I am at what I'm doing, that I really do have a gift, which is not only for myself, but for others as well. And as more, the more people I was able to help, the more motivated I was to help even more people. It was just, I know the feeling of suffering. I don't want to get there. Never, ever, anymore. But when I know how it feels, why should other people suffer the same way if it's not necessary? And I'm able to help them, so I decided. It's, as you said, it's always the decision. All is based on one decision and to go the first step. And that's it. And this is what I do all the time. And so I decided I will help. I want to help people in their grieving process and I want to go the first step and I grew a lot in that time I love this the more people I could help the more I enjoyed that it, it grew it's a kind of a passion for me today I am doing this for more than five years now and couldn't believe doing anything else I love how you talk about taking that first step because I think when anyone is going through the grief process they can't see, you know, making all the steps. I use like, like a staircase as, as an example. They can't see getting to the top of the stairs. But the yeah. only way you get to that top of the stairs is to take one step. And I think what happens is, especially in a grief situation, is, you know, you say, how am I going to get over this? You're looking at the top of the stairs. What you have to do is you have to get to the first step. 
and not just with grief, but it's with anything in life, right? Whenever we want to take on some mammoth project or a change, we always look at the big picture. We try to, you know, which is okay. You know, that's where you want to go, but don't focus on that too much. Focus on the next step, that first step. And I love how you found that. And I'm sure that is a lot of what you talk about when you're working with your clients is getting them to the first step in that process. Yes, it's only because it's a very unknown area. They don't know what will happen. They are afraid of doing the next step. But the good thing is you don't have to do it by yourself. You don't have to do it alone. Do you find having a good support group in your life is something that helps? Absolutely. Absolutely. So if you don't want to suffer over years, and there are a lot of people who decide, they really decide because they don't decide to go another direction to suffer for years. And yeah. I realize that all the time when I have clients who lost a person 10 years ago, and I think, oh my gosh, how can you suffer 10 years? I, I couldn't bear that. I didn't want mm. to. But it's a decision not to go the next step. It's also a decision. But yeah. you don't, you just have to decide another direction and do the first step. And that's it. And the really important thing is you don't have to do it by yourself. Then you don't need to be afraid the way you are in that moment to look up the stairs and say, oh, this is where I want to go. I don't know how. This is really frightening. Yeah, it's it's a control thing. I think human beings, we are especially, especially, uh, you know, I'll give this from the male perspective. We are very much control oriented because we're used to controlling our environment. And when yes. we feel something like this happens to us that we can't control, one of my first things as a as a parent or even in a relationship as a partner, even you you want to protect those people around us. We want to protect those people that we love. And when something happens, we want to fix the problem. We don't want there to be that not so happy ending and that actually very horrible ending. We don't want to see that. And we're willing to step out and do everything we can. You know, it's kind of like you see that in, in movies today, right? There's always the, the hero in the movie trying to prevent this terrible thing from happening. And usually they figure out a way to do it. But, you know, real life isn't always that way. And when something happens that, you know, an outcome that, that we don't want, we have to be able to, to deal with it. So you talked about, we talked about taking the first step. We talked about getting a support system in place, right? You don't have to do this alone. We talked about knowing that it's something that scares us, but doing it anyway and moving in that direction. If someone out there right now is listening and maybe they're suffering from this terrible grief and loss in their life what else would you recommend to that person i would recommend to just take the next step get into this challenge because it's not that you have to suffer the pain it's what happens afterwards i experienced a transformation of myself so when i see myself today and 10 years before i'm totally different and i'm not sad about that I'm really happy that I realized characteristics, values I have, which makes me a really valuable person for myself, not only for others, but for myself. I now am able to respect myself, to love myself, 
to enjoy my life. And I'm convinced that everyone is able to do this. You just need to go this direction and you will be able to transform yourself by providing everything which is necessary to work with your feelings. And if you know how to work with your feelings, nothing can happen anymore. This is the most hard work with feelings because when we see our life, it's all about feelings. It's all about emotions. It's overwhelming all the time. But when I know how to process it, I have the power of myself. And this is really perfect and uh, makes life much easier. So the transformation for myself was incredible. I'm so happy and I'm really sad that I have to say this, but without these losses, I would have never been to this point I'm today. Never, ever. And I'm really glad, even if I love my children, I love everyone I lost. And I would prefer to have them in my life, for sure. But without these experiences, I wouldn't be the person I'm today. And I love being the person I'm today. I really enjoy myself, my company. It's just to get to know you better, yourself. This is what less people do, connecting with themselves. They live outside a world to, yeah, that everyone is just happy with you, that you do what everyone expects from you or is expecting from you. And um, But your own personality is just adapting to every situation. Why not? This is how we grew. This is what we learn. But then when you have challenges, then it's the point, then it's the time to get to yourself, to your real self, to see mm -hmm. who am I? What do I want in this life and why I'm here and what is my purpose in life? And this is so important. I only would recommend to just take this challenge and go for it. And taking your pain and turning that pain into purpose, I think, is really that's really your story, Ramona, is going yeah. from, from pain to purpose. And yes. that is something that's, I believe it's available to anyone out there to be able to do that. That's really a beautiful thing. I studied, again, we're back to psychology, but uh, I'm sure you're familiar with the concept of the triune brain, that we have three brains internally. And it's interesting because the one, the earlier brain is physical, right? It takes care of mm -hmm. our physical needs. And then the second brain is our emotional needs. And it's the, mo the most recent part of the brain is the uh, cerebral cortex, which is the thinking part of the brain. We have our physical, our emotional, and our thinking. But I believe that deeper inside every one of us, we have a soul. And yes. our soul is what controls those three levels of the brain. You know, if I want to lift my hand, I can do that right? I can control my, my physical being. I can say, all right, I don't have to say, okay, right hand. Now I command you to go up in the air. No, I, I just do it. I, I can just control that <laughs> physical thing. I can control my physical body, my thoughts. I can control my thoughts. I can decide what I want to think about. Now, if I start thinking about something I don't want to think about, I can stop that and I can change that. I think the hardest thing we have to control is our emotion. But we can control, because if we can control our physical and our thoughts, then we can definitely control our emotions. So it's all about yes. learning how to stop those negative emotions and change our focus. So is there an exercise that you found that would help someone who is really 
just feeling overwhelmed and drowning in that negative emotion, whether that's grief, sadness, sorrow. Is there a way to stop that or at least make a change in that direction? Or should they stay in that until it finishes? I mean, there's a lot of different schools of thought there. Oh, no, I wouldn't stay in that, to be honest. It's just more overwhelming and frightening. I would never, ever recommend that. What I recommend all the time when everything is just too much. So if you if your feelings are overwhelming you, then the thoughts are in addition to that there. It's a combination of all which is just, oh my gosh, I can't handle that anymore. I can't handle me anymore. Breathing. It's just breathing. To concentrate, to focus on the breath into the body and out of it for a few seconds and that's it and what i recommend is just give this breathe a color a lovely color whatever yellow blue to follow it because then it's easier to follow the the breathe and this for just a few seconds it's just to calm down everything will be much more quiet and this is what we need then and this helps every time very fast not for the whole day but for moments of uh, being totally overwhelmed this is what i always recommend just start breathing and concentrating focusing on your breath awesome so start with something and that's something anyone can do right you take a breath and i like to to count to focus on counting for example there's something called square breath where you breathe for so many counts, you hold for the same, and then you yes. exhale, and then you hold. Let's say you pick the number four. So you breathe in and count to four inside your mind. Hold it, count to four. Exhale, count to four. Hold it again, and then so forth. And then if you continue to do this, you'll find that you'll start to regulate your thoughts, your emotions, and even your physical body, you'll start to feel a little bit better. So breathing and breath work is something that's vital. And I believe that something we take for granted because, I mean, we breathe every day, right? <laughs> we don't right. realize that right. it, 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 it has power. Anything else that you, that you find that has really helped you or has helped your clients? I think the best way is to start connecting with yourself. Meditation just to get to know you much more in detail. Yes, you need to focus on yourself. It's not always easy <laughs> to get to know um, themselves from a very different perspective, but it's necessary for the next steps. And it's easy just to um, follow a story someone is just telling uh, with nice melodies around whatever. So um, meditation is pretty good just to focus the thoughts on something else on something which is positive makes it easier what about distracting yourself with other activities is that good or not it depends okay um really distracting is not good it's just what i do all the time is when you're grieving it's kind of a 24 7 this is what we need to stop immediately i put the grieving process within 20 minutes a day. In this 20 minutes, you really focus on your grief. 20 minutes a day. If your system gets used to it, there is no need to distract yourself on the rest of your day because the grief just wants to be seen. It wants to be a part of, it didn't want to be distracted. It wants to be a part of life. 
And we don't do this if we grieve 24 seven. But if I give my grief a focus for 20 minutes a day, really completely, this is only grieving time or quality time or focus time or whatever. <laughs> there is no need because grief is saying, okay, she sees me. This is all I want at the moment. And for the rest of the day, and it starts from the third day on, it's much more quiet, quieter the whole day, because it's like a personality part, this grief. It's like we need to sleep, we need to eat, we need to grieve. It's a right. part which is necessary and just belongs to ourselves now, but not the whole day and not each day and not the mm -hmm. next years, because I'm here to live. But it's okay to give the time and the focus to the grief, which is important, but not more than 20 to 30 minutes a day. I don't do this. I never recommend that. Because when I give the focus time on it, it's just, okay, she sees me. She works with me. It's okay for me. And that's it. And it's much more calmer and quieter the next day. And there is no reason to distract anymore. It's just some thoughts. But then you can say, okay, I see you. I realize that you're here at the moment, but please, we have our time this evening and you will get the time this evening, but not now. And that's it. Mm. Okay. I understand. It's like a little child. <laughs> yes. It's like a little child. You just have to connect with your grief, to talk to your grief. I see you, but not now, please. You will get what you need like every day in the evening yeah, I'll and give everything you... is fine. It's just how we treat ourselves, how to treat the grief and this is what works so there is no distraction necessary then when you do mm -hmm. that way so many things that we you know we could talk about here but i know we're, we're getting close to our time on and i want to respect of course the listeners but a couple quick things first off i just want to say if there's something that that you wanted to bring up or maybe a lesson that you could teach to people listening or or anything maybe it has to do with how to deal with when you have a friend who's going through this loss? Because I think a lot of people, they don't know how to approach their friends or their relatives who are going through grief. And I think maybe that might be interesting to talk about. But anything else you want to say before we, we close out today? I guess I'll kind of let you choose. So if you have a person around you, which is in a grieving process right now, um, it definitely is the way that um, you have no idea how to handle this person, how to deal with it. <laughs> so just ask what do you need? How can I help you? That's it. That's everything people in this situation need. That's it. Don't think too much. Don't do too much. It's not that people who are in this situation or grieving really think about that. They're in pain. They don't think about that. They just need someone to help. So just ask. And if the person is saying, no, I don't need anything, that's fine. That's fine. But you will never... You, you will never know what this person is thinking or needing if there is no communication. You will not find out. So just ask. Just ask, how can I how can I support you? Right. And yeah, exactly. And you don't have to get into anything like, oh, I know what you're going through because no, we don't. Nobody knows what another person is going through, even if they've gone through the same loss because everyone is different. Ramona, this has been amazing. Uh, if people wanted to reach out to you, and need some help along the way in this process, what would be the best way for them to do that? I have a homepage, ramona-zimbrot.com. <laughs> um, and there you find everything. It's connected with Instagram, with Facebook. On this address, 
you can contact me. There is everything you need there. I will post that in the Facebook Perfect. notes so that people can click on that, make it much easier for them. Thank you. I ask all my guests the same question as we close out our episodes. And that question is simply this. What does being purposely positive mean to you? This is a really good question. <laughs> I think the to stay most positive in this situation is just don't overthink. As you thought, uh, as you, you, you told me, before the thoughts affect everything so don't overthink just try to feel and with your feeling you will be able to connect to your own positivity but this is very individual yeah so don't overthink learn to feel and connect with your own positivity yes excellent Ramona, this has been wonderful. And, you know, I know you and I can probably sit and talk for a couple more hours on this and probably a lot of other topics as well. But I truly appreciate your time. I want to say thank you to you for the world, for sharing this gift. And thank you to your husband for encouraging you to do that, because a lot of us don't have encouraging spouses and people in our lives that would do that. And that is a true blessing as well. But uh, I, I want to thank you for being here and sharing your pain and how you turn your pain into purpose and how it's possible to deal with the loss of a loved one and come out in, like in your example, even better on the way out. I thank you too. It was lovely being here, sharing my story. And hopefully people will just realize they are worth it. Life is worth it. Thank you so much. And you've been listening to Strive to Thrive, the purposely positive podcast brought to you by TonyWCoaching.com, where your greatest success is right in front of you. And you may be out there saying, I'm worth it. What can I do to make changes in my life? You can download a free resource. It's an ebook called Strive to Thrive, and it'll help you in the direction of a purposely positive life.